type it in, lock it on, and rip the mouse off. TalkZone.com Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Tuesday, Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. And don't forget to check out our website, MasteringOurselves.com, and at CRNI.net right now, you can get a link to the Antichrist, Islam's Awaited Messiah, Joel Richardson's book. So, Joel, we conveniently interrupted you yet again. Do you want to continue? Sure. Well, essentially what I was saying is that when Islam's awaited Messiah figure uh, comes at the end of the age, according to Muslim tradition, uh, one of the primary things that he would do is abolish the jizya tax. So this jizya tax is the tax that Christians or Jews historically have been allowed to pay to Muslims to survive, to live. And so the only uh, conclusion that one can come to is that when this jizya tax is abolished, that uh, Christians and Jews will be forced to convert. And that uh, this is confirmed in a book by uh, Ayatollah Ibrahim Alamini. He's um, a premier Shia scholar in Iran. Uh, he wrote a book called Imam al-Mahdi, The Just Leader of Humanity. So he's talking about the Islamic Messiah figure that President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad has been talking a lot about. It's been discussed quite a bit in the news. And he says when Imam al-Mahdi comes, that uh, he will offer the religion of Islam to Jews and Christians, and if they accept it, they will be spared, and if they don't, they will be killed. So there's a different period. You know, historically, Jews and Christians can live under Islamic law, but when the Messiah figure comes, that will not be allowed any longer. In fact, on page 76, you go on to say that it is crucial to understand that according to Islamic tradition and belief, when Jesus returns, he does not merely come to convert most Christians to Islam, but uh, but to literally abolish Christianity entirely. Boy, that's a different Jesus than I know. Yeah, it, it couldn't be more ironic that Islam comes along and says, oh, Jesus is going to return, you know, and all these Christians go, oh, wonderful, tell us about it. Well, he's going to abolish Christianity, and he's going to slaughter Jews. <laughs> and and you say, well, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> but, uh, that sounds like a false prophet idea. Yeah, for sure. Is that the same thing? Well, um, essentially... You know, historically and and, uh, traditionally in the Bible, you have two primary eschatological bad guys. You have two primary end-time bad guys. The first one is the Antichrist, and the second one is his assistant known as the false prophet. And um, and then when you take this sort of anti-parallel tradition in Islam, you have two good guys. Uh, The first one is Imam al-Mahdi, that's Islam's. Messiah figure, primary Messiah figure, but their second Messiah figure is who they call Isa al-Masih, and that is who we call Jesus Christ, and he comes back as an assistant to the Mahdi. So, in in many ways, uh, it, it could be that uh, you know if 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 these traditions are carried out, you know, that it could be that two 
false prophet, so to speak, emerge in the last days, one claiming to be the Islamic Messiah figure and another one claiming to be Jesus Christ. And, and then he declares to the world, oh, by the way, you Christians have it all wrong. Yeah. I was not the Son of God. I was merely a Muslim prophet. And you need to submit yourself to Islam. You need to submit yourself to the Mahdi. You know. So who's the lawless one? Biblically speaking, the lawless one is the Antichrist. The, the, the Antichrist comes with many, many names throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the son of perdition. He's the lawless one. He's only really called the Antichrist one. Um, you know, in 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 uh, the book of Ezekiel, he's uh, referred to as the Prince of Tyre. He's foreshadowed uh, in Ezekiel 28 as the Prince of Tyre. In the in the book of Ezekiel, he's foreshadowed as the Assyrian. In the book of Micah, he's the Assyrian. And so he has many different names, but when you look at these names, they're all names that refer to Middle Eastern kings, Middle Eastern uh, entities. And all all of the biblical prophets always pointed to the Middle East as the uh, the focus of the, the Antichrist empire. So not, not European, not Russian, not Chinese, but Middle East. Right. And yeah, in, matter, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, there there are several mentions of European nations in the Bible, but there's not a single mention of a European nation anywhere in the Bible that is ever marked for judgment. Whereas consistently throughout the prophets, throughout the Bible, every time it mentions a nation by name that is specified for God's judgment uh, at the end of the age, it is always a Muslim nation. And um, what's wrong with the idea that the Pope is the Antichrist? Well, for instance, earlier I, I quoted you the verse from First uh, John, the Epistle of First John, where John said, uh, "This is the spirit of the Antichrist." Um, the the spirit of the Antichrist would deny Jesus. He would deny that Jesus is the Son of God. He would deny the incarnation that Jesus, the Son of God, became flesh. And all of these things, and these are things that the Pope has upheld for you know, two, you know, fifteen hundred years, seventeen hundred years. So everything that the Pope doctrinally believes is is far from the Antichrist. Whereas right, right, right. Those doctrines are railed against in the Quran clearly. Yes. What is the great apostasy? Well, the Bible says that at the end of the age, many would fall away from the faith. The love of many would grow cold, and that um, many would turn away. And uh, it's probably the saddest aspect of all prophecy that one can imagine. And when I personally look at the uh, the Christian church in the earth today, uh, I see people leaving the church in droves. But I also see this this doctrine that before all of the things that we're talking about take place, before the Antichrist emerges, that um, there would be this this pre-tribulational rapture, that suddenly Christians everywhere would just disappear from the earth. And this is taught as if it's gospel truth, whereas in reality, when you look at the verses that speak of the rapture, the Bible does talk about a catching up, uh, they're always in connection with the return of Christ, which happens at the end of the tribulation. So if indeed... Uh, this pre-tribulational rapture is false, which I firmly believe it is, 
you're going to have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Christians. There are they're going to be dumbstruck when suddenly the tribulation is taking place, the Antichrist is here, and they say, "Well, how come we didn't get raptured? All yeah. our teachers taught us we were going to be raptured, and and there's going to be all sorts of room for disillusionment yeah. and confusion and trouble." You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, Friday, Saturdays, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today is Joel Richardson, who's written the book Antichrist, Islam's Awaited Messiah. It's a very easy read to explain a very difficult topic backed up with Bible verse after Bible verse. You can go to crni.net right now, and it's on the page, homepage right now, uh, a link to the book. Check it out. Get familiar with this stuff so that you know what's going on in the world. You know, I just want to make a point, and I firmly believe this too, that I don't think there's a way you can have salvation because God is fair and God is true uh, without seeking it with all your heart and uh, seeking God with all your heart, truth with all your heart, right attitude, right action with all your heart. I believe that's included in salvation. Whatever else is there, I don't know, but I believe in my soul that you must seek God, truth, right action, right attitude with all your heart on a continuum if you want any kind of upgrade salvation. Right, right. Yeah, and one one of the uh, aspects of Islam that's, that's, again, important to point out, you know, Paul the Apostle, you know, said with tears in his eyes, he said, many are enemies of the cross. And so not surprisingly, when we look at the religion of Islam, it very clearly denies that Jesus, the historical, biblical Jesus, was ever crucified. And so thus they've removed the central fulcrum of history, the, the redemptive fulcrum of history, where, you know, only through the cross can you have a completely, uh, perfectly just God and a perfectly merciful God, and where those two things, mercy and justice, kiss at the cross. At the intersection of the cross, we can find God's perfect justice and his perfect mercy. And Islam strips that, you know, they, they take that away and say that never happened. And, uh, you know, without the cross, we're all lost. You know, you know, uh, in your book you mentioned Kithman. It's like hiding the truth, deception. And is that a lot of what the, uh, how Muslims operate in the world? Um, yeah, there's uh, Kithman and Al-Takiya. And uh, now Sunni Muslims will claim repeatedly that taqiyya, which is deception, uh, is only a Shia doctrine, where, where in fact um, Ibn Kathir, one of Sunni greatest, earliest Sunni scholars, says straight out, taqiyya is for all Muslims for all time. Uh, but even if a Sunni says, I don't practice taqiyya, you know, technically, they do practice deception. And uh, Muhammad, Muhammad practiced deception. I mentioned earlier the breaking of the, the peace treaty. Uh, and, and in the midst of all that, you have a culture that is very, very much rooted in, in a lot of deception and so forth. And I, I lived in the Middle East for a while. And you don't have to live there for long to learn 
that, you know, for instance, if you ask someone for directions, you have to ask two or three people for directions and make sure they all say the same thing before <laughs> you even begin going somewhere. Because wow. if they don't know, they won't say, I don't know, I can't tell you. They'll just make something up. And uh, there's a very different ethic <laughs> when it comes to telling the truth. That's uh, a really big ego problem. Yeah. yeah That's it's, like it's, it's not knowing shame. is not okay. Yeah, yeah shame-based, honor-based wow. society. That's that's really bad. They, they say in the end times uh, there's going to be false prophets and all and all antichrist uh, um, minor minor prophets that have all kinds of miracles and great signs. And I just want to say a lot of people are prone to automatically follow them. They can speak with just wonderful words, and it reminds me of. You know, David Copperfield, he can he can do pretty incredible things. Should we all just follow him? Yeah, and, yeah. And these things are out of this world. They're very compelling. But it's really important to build our base, be in touch with ourselves, be self-responsible, be on a path that keeps adding to us and adding to life so that we have enough centeredness in a whole enough place that we can tell eventually, relatively soon, with a good discernment, something's not right here. Even though it's fantastic, it's not right, and not go following something that, you know, down the road, after it's too late, it took us to a very bad place. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, on a humorous note, there's a, uh, uh, not, not to divert into humor, but there's a very popular uh, author in Egypt. His name is Muhammad Isa Dawood, and he writes books um, on a very fantastic sort of conspiratorial flavor uh, Islamic end-time book. And he has one book called um, Warning. Uh, the Antichrist will, the Jewish Antichrist will soon invade the world with his UFOs from the Bermuda Triangle. You know, this is how this is how the title translates. Yes, but. Uh, Dawood is obsessed with David Copperfield, huh. and in his in his books he taught, and he is convinced that he is he is the devil, you know, and he's just obsessed with David Copperfield. So, I I get a kick out of some of these little. <laughs> I got little, you. Yeah. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, offering a place to find sound answers to life's tough questions. Uh, don't forget to catch us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. If you'd like to check out Joel Richardson's book, Antichrist, Islam's Awaited Messiah, there's a link on crni.net as we speak. Let's see, Joel, on page 180, you've got uh, three quotes out of the Bible. Uh, At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first. Where's that from? The first one was Matthew 24.10, sorry. Okay, and this is 2 Thelonians 2.3. Thessalonians. Thank you. Uh, let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of destruction. Finally, 1 Timothy 1, 4. Uh, but the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Doctrines of demons, yeah, yeah. 
you know, this is, for me, this is probably the most difficult thing to talk about because for anybody that's walked with the Lord for a number of years, uh, we've seen people come and go. You know, we've seen people come into the faith and walk strong for a number of years and seen hardships and turn away and fall back into all sorts of things. And some eventually come back and some never do. And so it's, it's very difficult and it, it talks about it actually says in Matthew, the love of most will grow cold. Many will betray one another. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know. And so you, you picture, you know, it, a lot of it is based on just our imagination and how we speculate it might be. But, you know, you picture times like during World War II in Nazi Germany. And, you know, it's, it's during those times that the true soul of a man is either proven yeah. uh, to, to be for God or or to be for themselves. Yeah. Yep. We got to take a, we got to take a break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Joel Richardson. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 